I had to deal, which I've never spoken about before, and I'm glad that we're speaking about it today, was I had to deal with situations where I had to uh, show my penis to other boys because they were insistent that I was trans or a woman. Yes, parental acceptance is important. But it cannot be the be-all and end-all. Because if it becomes the be-all and end-all, you're in a situation where you're going to make yourself depressed. Uh, let's throw acid on him. He should get fucked with acid. Oh, uh, he talks about acid attack survivors. Let's make him one. Yeah, yeah. That is scary. I have actually left Facebook because I could not. Yeah, I think that's I, the best thing that you've done. The whole, word, the whole homophobia came and I truly believe this is from the British. Right. The British did, you know, when they came to India, they did not understand India at all. Addicted to phones, addicted to uh, internet, addicted to being extreme. Either you are pro very liberal or you're full of hatred. Right? So I think, which I think is the American way of life. listening to Voices in My Head with me, Yamir Adhar, and this is a place where I try to get into the heads of fascinating people and learn about their mental and physical health and how they overcame the challenges in their life. And today, uh, as you can, if you haven't already guessed, we're at a, a venue that is called Kitty Sue, and I'm so happy to have Keshav Suri with me today. He is the owner of Bharat Hotels, which you may otherwise have heard of as the Lalit Suri Hospitality Group. He has uh, multiple degrees from universities uh, across <laughs> UK, from Warwick, from King's College, from SOAS. And what I admire about Keshav the most is that he is a humanitarian. He is a cult leader for the LGBTQ community, which uh, he took up a cause. And we've heard of Section 377, or some people call it Article 377, which was a homophobic law in this country. And Keshav was one of the leading figures to fight it and to get rid of it. And today, I also want to mention the most important thing is that he's a senior of mine from school. So he's got first dibs and kicking my butt anytime he wants. Why are you telling people that? <laughs> Keshav, <laughs> thank you so much for talking to me oh, and uh, for allowing me to get inside your head and to listen to the voices in your head. Oh, yeah, there's so, so many. I want to start with <laughs> So, so why we're here is actually uh, I, a chapter in my book yeah. that I, I, was, I was writing and I just thought it's important to write about this being from an all-boys school that we both went to. Mm. So I first named the chapter Queer. Mm. And um, as I was, you know, mulling over what I had written, I thought that it was kind of impolite to write that or, mm. you know, I wasn't sure if it came across very well. So. Mm. I changed the title of that chapter to being your, you know, being uh, being different. Mm -hmm. And then finally, before submitting it to my publisher, mm -hmm. I changed it to being yourself because mm -hmm. I thought that's what this is about. Yeah. It was about being yourself and and the view that people have about you know queer or being different or it's it's your being yourself. Yeah, you are a gay man and yeah. you're being yourself, and unfortunately. That wasn't always the case. No. Um, in school, I remember you as being someone very polite, 
teachers darling i always you know you didn't know me but i knew you yeah you always you know uh, you know we looked up to you yeah. you were in all the the theater the ed- uh, the editorial board the debating that society that is true yes <laughs> i was a bit of a teacher's pet yeah and and but you know so what it appeared to me yeah. is that you know this guy has the perfect life but it yeah. wasn't the case no. was it no of course it wasn't you know i mean being in an all boys school you know this because you're from the same school um it's a sort of you know you live a sort of double life so if i wasn't a sporty kid mm. if i didn't go into sports then i had to prove myself in other ways and therefore i devoted myself to editorials and debating and drama uh to keep myself busy and also to keep myself out of trouble with other bullies uh because i knew i was very different and i was uh i guess i knew that very early on in life uh not a lot of people say that you know they 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 come out or they find themselves um at 13 14 uh i technically came out only at 20 but mm-hmm. to myself i knew when i was 8 or 9 wow yeah that early I, that early and you know for me in my head because we were just surrounded by boys even though it wasn't a boarding school it was just but natural to be with other boys mm. is just basically what i had in in, in my uh in my thing uh, i only got to know that notes you know that it was anything wrong much later uh which again was not correct because there was nothing wrong with it uh is just that i think our school maybe at that time and schools have changed now didn't know really what to do with queer kids hmm. So because the school didn't know what to do with queer kids I basically made sure that I it, it, it I could have had two choices I could have been the bully I could have been the uh, uh you know the kid that basically did really badly or did um took it out on uh, on other boys or took it out in skipping classes or took it out in being uh, mischievous mm-hmm. or I could be I could because they don't understand my queerness I will make myself uh you know put myself into situations or uh, places where I keep busy and that sort of queerness can sort of flourish. Uh, at, at that age I mean did you really understand it yourself you just knew that I'm not like the other boys around or I mean how I, does yeah. one understand at such a young age that you you know that that's this I know that something is different because I'm but, a cult leader yeah. remember cult leaders <laughs> cult leaders understand very early in life that they are cult leaders <laughs> no because I hmm I guess because also my household at the same time was an exceedingly um progressive household right. in, in a way yet at the same time of a regressive household too so why regressive was because I'm the fourth child of uh three sisters and me so basically technically my dad desperately wanted a boy sure right but uh and then of course got me hmm. uh and then at the same time my mom's is so strong that you're not going to be like oh desperately wanted a boy and not make anything of the girls hmm. and therefore i came from a very sort of um overachieving household right. and the women were ex- way stronger than even men physically and mentally right and so for me going back home also was uh, in a way um sort of therapeutic because i was not then put into a mold of no no he must of course i was put into tennis and 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 sports and this that but it wasn't a 
this is what a man should be and this is what a woman should be and a man can do this and a woman can do this sure. and the, you know there was no that kind of segregation hmm. um that sort of segregation i felt maybe was a little more in school because of cgm and columbus sure, yeah. yeah uh but uh, uh but yeah so for me i guess understanding that even in my own household where lines were so blurred all the time mm-hmm. when i would go to school those lines were not sort of blurred it was it was a way that i understood that i'm different you know because i saw my other friends Hmm. and i saw there uh you know how how it was different for their mothers and their sisters and i sure. saw how different it was for how they had to behave in school hmm. and so i think i kind of realized at an earlier age that i'm slightly different and also i think i realized at an earlier age that maybe i end up being a cult leader/politician <laughs> because i kind of knew how to brush the hair hmm. on the right side or at least pretend to brush the hair on the right side and therefore hence being a teacher's pet and a uh, uh, a darling but internally having you know a dark side that not many people knew about but do you think it mattered that we went to an all boys school and somehow it uh, kind of uh, pushed you into uh, being gay or being attracted to men um i it's see i think personally i'm of the school of thought that i was born gay hmm. um but of course there are so many scientific pieces of research that talk about nurturing versus conditioning yeah i was going to ask you because uh, nature yeah. versus nurture yeah but this is it's it's you know this is going to be debated forever yes can people or or you are convinced that you were born gay i'm pretty much convinced that i was born gay because i from a very early age uh, knew that i was attracted to men hmm. i didn't know what sexual attraction was but when you see as a kid and you imagine your wedding per mm-hmm. se i always imagined it with another man wow uh and uh, and i i for some reason probably reverse i idol idolized uh uh women uh and i thought that i i put them on a pedestal of being gods and goddesses and uh because of the schooling and the guilt the catholic guilt that mm. we grew up with yep. and of course how sex is bad and masturbation is bad i thought that by having sex with a woman you are defiling a woman therefore you're defiling a oh goddess oh my god yeah 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 mm. <laughs> these are conversations mm. that i've had with myself and of course uh with uh, various therapists <laughs> but uh, so that's kind of where i came from but i do also understand the um idea of nurturing now therefore whilst i was like this and whilst maybe my dad was an alpha male mm-hmm. um at home again you know i had my mundan done when i was 3 or 4 years old sure. so i had long hair okay. and therefore for the first 3 to 4 years of my life i almost was uh, if i would go across anywhere people would think i was a girl right Right? right and then of course cross dressing in school mm-hmm. right mother mary and sita and this and the other um did that sort of help or perpetuate me to being uh, gay N- i don't know but i know that i had a lot of straight friends who also cross dressed in school sure. uh, yeah. and who are exceedingly straight and have had kids and uh, you know are, are that so if that were the case that it was just columbus sure. uh, that thing then there would be a lot more of yeah, us yeah that's what i would like to imagine queer but kids. <laughs> i'm just wondering that you know these these you know you hear these stories about these boarding schools and all boys schools yeah. all girls schools and 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 kind of you know half the people are gay and mm. it's just that they kind of conform to the norms that society 
uh, or the bucket that society I don't know wants them to be in. Because the, I think the spectrum, and this is where I, I wish you would have named your uh, title queer. Huh. Because now the spectrum is queer. And you know, queer was a bad word when we were growing up. So I still thought it's a right? kind of an impolite word. But so it's not anymore. Yeah, yeah. Now being queer is like being wearing a badge of honor. All these kids nowadays in your 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 own child will be going to school and they'll, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, they'll want to be queer. They'll yeah. want to say we want to be queer. And it sort of encompasses everybody. And what I've understood from being in the LGBTQ community and also understanding queer and queer rights, um, which is the same as LGBTQ rights, is also that gender is and, and sexuality is such a large spectrum. Just because you, you were... Um, so all of these men that you're talking about who are gay men uh, or, or lesbian women, they maybe they were at that time, but they can change. Sure. Uh, sure. A lot of them can be bisexual. Sure. A lot of them can be, um, or can, can, can just be like, you know, sapiosexual now. There is a term where basically people are attracted to somebody's brain mm. and they're not really attracted to the physical genital organs. But yes, I think when we were growing up, we weren't really aware of this and therefore there were these labels that were um, put on to And the challenge is that, you know, going through school at such a young age, knowing that you're different or, you know, being... Uh, so I, I, I recall an incident and I've, I've kind of put that in my, in my book as well. I, I, there mm. was a, a friend of mine, perhaps around the uh, same age, uh, really smart, one of the smartest kids I knew, mm. very well spoken, is a Bengali boy. Mm. I, I, we kind of, you know, thought, you know, everybody thought he's he's mm. he's gay, and and I hate to use the word suspected, and I've written that too, mm. that you know, it's like you know, you're talking about criminals or yep. suspected terrorists. I mean, why were these words used? Yes. And he was a close friend of mine, and I didn't have the courage to continue that friendship with him uh, because I was straight. I was always attracted mm, to yeah. women, but for the fear of being branded. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. For the you were fear. Straight. <laughs> What? Attracted to women? What is that? For the fear no. <laughs> of being branded uh, as gay or yeah. as being whatever. I was too scared because as a kid, you're, you're insecure. You're, you know, you want everybody to like you. Yeah. And so it's I so funny now that these kids are growing up and they're like, well, we're attracted to everything. So but screw that's a bit, you. That's a, that's, a bit, that's a bit scary as well for a parent. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. And it's easy for me to say, no, no, I'm very liberal and yes, uh, but... See, there uh, is no handbook. There is no handbook for parenting. And this is what we need to also come to our own parents, right? There was no handbook that was handed to them. They were, they were the victims of their times. Yeah. And therefore, we were victims of our times. And mm. because we were, they were taught that being gay is being a criminal act. Now, it's a microchasm. A school is a microchasm of the larger uh, society and the larger things going on. Remember that at that time, there were not, men, there were not many repre representation. There were not that many Keshav Suris. There sure. were not that many. There were a few designers who were mm -hmm. maybe out, who were friends of our parents. But you know, that was about it. And it was very done hush-hush and you know, at parties. And it's OK in somebody else's house, not OK in our house. Uh, more so the law was not in the favor of the LGBTQ sure. community. And therefore, when lawyers and judges and all, they use words like suspected. Mm. And when media is reporting on suspected, that sort of comes, trickles down. Sure, sure. To what, you know, mm. you might have had interaction with this uh, queer kid. Uh, and, and this sort of, you know, keeping in mind that this is again how I need to act or, and if I talk to this queer kid. Of course, now you know, you don't touch somebody and become queer. Sure. Right? Yeah. You don't... Um, 
uh, and I guess you know this is why it was in school. I mean, you're talking about school. I this is still an okay experience. Uh, uh, you know where you talk, where you said that you distanced yourself from yeah. a particular person because you thought they were gay. Fine. No, not I knew they were gay. I distanced myself because I didn't have the courage to continue being friends with him because I was so worried about what people would think of me. Which so, is which I feel really bad about today. And I hope you've apologized to this person. Not yet, but perhaps after this. You says, should. Yes. You should, and you should reach out to them because you don't want that person to. Um, uh, feel that something was wrong with them. Actually, so when there was not something wrong with them. There was something wrong with you yeah, or in your head. Absolutely. And that's what happens with us. And this is why coming to the fact that you don't know how you will deal with your uh, child coming yes. out if they came out, or if they said that they're gender queer, or now there's this new thing of uh, of being data. They do. They were their trans uh, data. They want to become data uh, because they want to not want to be human. Um, I think that again we put a lot of pressure in our own head as to how that's going to play out and we have a lot of our own sort of biases. Mm -hmm. So sometimes those biases can be correct because our brain is wired in the way to go to the negative and sometimes when it happens you're like that was no big deal, mm. that was nothing, world hasn't come to an end. Sure. You know, fast forward a couple of years, when I've told my mother that I wanted to get married, her first reaction, oh my God, oh my God, will you go to jail? Will this happen? What will this, that, oh blah, God. blah, blah. And the day we signed the papers in Paris, there was no tsunami. Hmm. And that very day, she's like, no, we must do a big shebang in, in, in India. We must have your friends and we must do that. And that's it. You know, sometimes we have those, you know, and when we realize that there is, you know, the world's moved on, nobody gives a shit, right? Uh, and I'm glad that that world is becoming now, that we are getting that. Coming to school, you need to apologize, of course, to this kid to make sure that that person didn't think that there's something wrong with them. Sure. But, you know, that was still, a, I would still a sweet incident. I had to deal, which I've never spoken about before, and I'm glad that we're speaking about it today, was... I had to deal with situations where I had to uh, show my penis to other boys because they were insistent that I was trans or a woman. And so what, I age, what age was this? Around? This must have been when I was uh, 14. Oh, God. I remember this. It was on a bus and it was on our, uh, one of those, you know, uh, I don't even know if it was a bird. I forgot now if one it was a bird day or was it a or school trip. And yeah. we were with this... But I remember who it was. I'm not going to name names, of course. Sure. But, I, you know, the whole bus ride, it was like almost two hours. He kept on insisting that I don't have a penis. 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 And then it got to a point where I just got up, shut, took it out and, and walked off. And then supposedly that became very legendary in class. And suddenly my star power even grew further. Okay. Uh, you know, at that time, I was never considered one of the boys, per se. Right. Right? I was the teacher's pet. I was the drama kid, the theater kid, the good boy, the very sweet boy to even the juniors. Yes. Didn't want to bully the juniors. Didn't want to steal their food and their tiffin. Sure. And uh, paid my bills in the canteen mm. on regular times and this and the other. Suddenly, from there, everyone said, oh my God, he's got balls. And then I suddenly became Literally. a part of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly I became a part of the boys. But I was like, I 
actually don't care. I will, you know. But you know what's what bothers me in all this is that your mental state, and which is what I want to keep coming back to, is that you did that and you became this hero. But internally, oh, I'm it sure it was it was awful. didn't make you feel good at all. And it's this constant battle that I have to keep being someone I'm not, yes. approving to people that I'm I'm this when I'm actually not that. This constant battle of me trying to prove my manhood, right? Yeah. Uh, especially in school. And happens more so with kids who are effeminate or kids who do end up playing, uh, you know, these uh, female roles. Sure, yeah. They have to doubly then prove that uh, they're men. Of course, it was, it was uh, heartbreaking. If I look at it on, on this instance, it was traumatic. Uh, but I, in a way that I still remember it, right? So of course it's exactly, in somewhere yeah, in my psyche. Yeah, sure. Because you know you tend to forget a lot of uh, things and 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 a lot of things. But I always come back to, and you know this is that I always say that there were kids who had much worse, right? There were kids who were actually physically beaten. There were kids who were it, absolutely. And within within my batch, those two three uh, guys go. who were yeah. suspected of being gay, yeah. uh, suspected physically in air quotes, be- they were bullied. Beaten, they were they were bullying. segregated. They were isolated, yeah. and uh, I, some I cases we, where I've we read up and spoken, kids. we broke those kids. Were also feel, physically yeah. abused by other kids, you know, which they maybe don't not many. I'm not talking about the particular ones sure, of sure, yours, sure, 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 but yeah. I'm talking about so many others who were physically abused, and I'm talking about abuse in terms of sexual violence also, mm-hmm. and, and of course uh, abuse in terms of uh, uh, physical violence. So, you know, my incident. Still happened, sure. I was given a lot of verbal abuse, yes, in a way or not. But I still say, maybe because I, uh, I don't know, maybe the, at the back of some of the other kids' heads was that okay, my father was somebody, yeah, sure, right, and my mom was somebody, and therefore maybe we can bully to a certain extent, but not bully to. So my privilege maybe saved me a little bit. Uh, but at the same time, there were some kids who were like, no, let's bring down that privilege and therefore, you know, egg me on to show me, show my penis and this and the other. But I still had it better than a lot of the other kids, you know. Uh, and so how... Because I understood it also. How should like, one deal know, with that today? Like, let's say, and, and, and now it's, it's, I think it's yeah. 10 times worse, not better, even mm. though it's legal and blah, blah, blah. Mm. And because and, I think uh, even though we'd like to believe that Indians are becoming quite liberal and parents are more educated and exposed, mm. But now it's the additional pressure of, oh my God, it's going to be on social media, it's going to be in the news, what yeah. are our friends going to say, what are, you know, that was always the case, what are people going to say, of and it's, it's this constant worry about what people are going to say. Yeah. Uh, or more than, I think, what they worry about themselves. They biases may, again, you know, these are the sort of biases that stop you. And, and, and even on, so I saw pressure. your, uh, I was just like, you know, doing some homework before coming and talking to you, I saw yeah. uh, one of your sessions with Barkha Dhat on uh, We yeah. the Women. Yeah. I think you did that last year or something. Yes. So, uh, bu- so I saw that on YouTube, beautiful. And then I was just scrolling through the comments and unfortunately, um, I think majority of them, there are not too many comments, majority of them were negative because for for no reason, I think, and who are these people that you just you, and and now there's a tool, right? And you don't need to yeah. have a face. You can go on social media and yeah. say what you want about who you want, or mm. you can comment on anything. Mm. And uh, it's like guerrilla warfare. You drop of a course. bomb of these words and you walk away. Yeah. And you can say what you want. Yeah. So there were mean comments there about Cyril, about uh, uh, me, uh, of course. about you. Cyril yeah. is your husband. For of course the, the you know the, yeah. the listeners who are not aware. Um, of course. Uh, so how should 
and and you as you said you come from privilege a lot of people or most people don't, don't. how should one deal with this let's say in in a in a school scenario or um there are various ways that that can be uh, dealt with this i think that uh, coming to your point on social media i have actually left facebook because i could not yeah i think I that's the best thing that you've done deleted and yeah. deactivated facebook right. so uh, after and it was a lot uh, because this we the women thing was also put on facebook and i actually right, deactivated right. my facebook and not just with we the women but uh, there was a quint interview that i did mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this is the one of the first few interviews that i did yeah, i I've just filed that. my pet- petition I have seen that. Yes. underneath that there were like death threats there I'm were threats of uh, let's throw acid on him he should get fucked with acid oh, uh, he talks about acid attack survivors let's make him one Yeah yeah that is scary yeah. when you know you and and, and uh, yeah so that, that kind of was like okay and so i think that just i was just like you know and then there was and that's just not that's hate from outside of the community there's also hate from within the community he's too privileged he doesn't can't speak for the gays he can't speak for trans people he can't speak for the lesbians he can't so there is a lot of i guess everyone's a critic i think in a way i um dealt with it in a, what my my sort of pedigree you know in in this aspect of uh, being in hospitality right it helped why because in hospitality we in any case have no ego right, right? You have to everyone listen. is a critic yeah. so you have to basically smile and wave and internalize a lot of that i don't men- recommend that for everybody sure. but coming to this day and age i think a lot has to um I think you're right on one side everyone has become a critic and we move to this sort of polarity of being very very negative and extreme right but at the same time there are equal amount of extreme left or middle or centrist voices that also should be listened to and I think a lot of that comes to parenting and a lot of that comes to schools so I just did a drag queen story hour right. with two schools in India one in uh, uh Delhi Tagore International wow. School hmm. and uh, Pudar International School in Bombay and these were little kids who were being read a children's book because we wrote a children's book right. I wrote a children's book with the two other people on Elfi Elfi is basically our gender non binary you know uh, mascot of pure love uh, for the Lalit and okay. we did elfie and the dance party and elfie and the peacock hmm. and basically elfie talks about colors of the rainbow talks about you know uh, different able people basically what we've done in in here mm-hmm. uh, with kiddie swan with the lalit it's elfie's adventures which talks about trans uh, rights and talks about lgbtq rights and so you i had two drag artists drag uh, for people who don't know you should know it's basically uh, uh you know a, a a person who dresses in the other gender to perform and to uh to be able to you know uh make that as a career and so as a, a living so a woman dressing as a man as or a, a man, man or a man as a dressing woman. as a woman or a trans person dressing in the other gender to exaggerate uh and to basically make fun of just the construct of gender so it's a, it's a show it's a complete show showmanship type exactly. of you know it's a show and tell kind of a thing yeah. in a, and in a, so you had these two queens one who was trans and the other was dressed in queen and my team went there in the school in the school I, i'm amazed that you're selling me this because how did they and they were are? reading to the kids and the kids in tagore international school turned around and said well we've seen drag before they were like actually like hmm, what's so special about this other than the children's book that's what they were they were schooling us 
They were like, what are you I, talking I'm, about? I'm we've shock. seen drag before. Shock. We've seen trans people before. We've had these conversations before. Please, what you're doing is elementary. Give me something which treat us like adults. That's uh, encouraging in a way to hear what you're saying. Very encouraging. But I'm surprised that they allowed you. How did they? How did you they get into the door, door they, of the they school? They allowed the school. We took parents' permission. We got parents' sign permission. School sign permission. Turns out that uh, Tagore International has this thing called breaking barriers, where they are going to other schools and training them. Wow. Training faculty members in LGBTQ uh, community. Gone on 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 TV and done that. Pudar is doing the same in Bombay. Pudar, which was a younger audience, they were three or four year olds, where the kids turned around and said that you know what, God has made us all equally. And it doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, bisexual, trans. But they knew these words. They this knew these words. They knew uh, what what was three seven seven. They knew. Uh, I'm amazed. You know, yeah. So, I'm really amazed. So the future is very bright. Looking I good. gotta say. Yep. Now it depends on every school. Of course. Again, coming back, these are privileged schools. Of course, the English-speaking schools has this gone down to the uh, mass schools? Maybe not yet, but at some point it will. Mm -hmm. There used to be an NCERT book called right. Meri Sakhi, uh -huh. which basically talked about the trans people, talked about third gender, talked about women empowerment. Uh, which is taught in, I think, 7th or the 8th standard. Did, I don't know that, that book. We'd, I don't think we had it. But mm -hmm. I don't know if that book is still in circulation and gone to these kids. Um, so I think that, yes, there is this, you know, extremeness. But there is also this positivity. And there I is mean, this I'm extreme so positivity. I mean, I'm so happy to hear what you're telling me. Um, I also would re recommend to those kids and those schools is that create ally programs. So like Tagore has done with Breaking Barriers, create, you know, ally programs. It's up to the school to do it. So I have my own hospitality school uh, mm -hmm. called the Lalisuri Hospitality School, which basically, um, and I have a scholarship uh, for LGBTQ, uh, you know, uh, uh, team members. I've got three students over there and they're running my Pure Love Employee Resource Group, which is now an ally program so that the other kids, because one is learning it at an early age, mm -hmm. but also a lot of bullying happens in university. Absolutely, yeah. And so it's so important for those kids and I regularly sensitize them and send them uh, and, and send people from my community over there to basically do that and have counseling on board. So I think it's very important for schools to take that. It's very important for parents to take that, to have these open conversations. It's also important for the kids to find like-minded people in a positive way. Yes, you can have kids who are also negative and therefore go into the negative chat rooms and sort of uh, get into the negative mode. But I guess everything is for, and I'm not judgmental here, but you have to find your tribe. You have to find, you know, people that you are being able to be your true self in front of. And I think sometimes uh, for kids, parents and uh, schools should have the responsibility of helping them find that tribe. Uh, but if your parents are not supportive of the huge, it's a... Uh... I mean, some kids, I, most people could not even imagine breaking the news to their parents that mm. forget about that I am gay or I am lesbian or I am trans, that I'm, I'm even, I even have these thoughts. People, mm. That kids and parents are losing that connect. And mm. I don't know if it was 
they were more connected back in the day hmm. but at the moment i think what i see from examples even around me i hmm. don't think they're connected uh, to their parents as much as they used to be and they would be petrified of sharing even small things with their parents and not all kids i'm just hmm. i'm not just trying to generalize here but this would be a big deal i think sort of you know we we grew up of the generation of where we were scared i think and also there was the helicopter parenting mm-hmm. right where you basically just you know yeah, yeah, yeah. periphery bring mm-hmm. up the child while the real child is being brought up by the nannies and the help and this and the other and then there are the parents who don't go all the way into too much parenting um i think that you know what it's it's it depends yes parental acceptance is important but it cannot be the be all and end all because if it becomes the be all and end all you're in a situation where you're going to make yourself depressed you're going to end up in a situation where you're going to end up going to drug use or going into disorders or eating disorders or mental disorders and that is what i need to try and tell the kids is that okay it's important sure you know and it's great that there are some who get it but if there are some who don't you cannot stop your life because of that those kids need to know that and if let's say the parents are not being able to do it then the schools or some sort of authoritative figure and if not those schools then those kids should find ngos like hamsafar trust keshosuri foundation nas foundation you know um groups where people can come together collectively share their story and find acceptance over there why is it so beautiful in the trans community when you go to a, a sort of a hijra household or you go to think the the mother of that household is not the biological mother but mm. she takes on the role because all those kids have been thrown out of their homes or not accepted by the family or you know not uh, thing so they become then the mother the brother the sister uh the same thing happens even with uh you know on in with drag queens and therefore with a lot of uh, back in the 80s also when you had a lot of the hiv crisis mm-hmm. the aids crisis and in the 90s in india you know again nobody understood parents didn't understand whatever kids were thrown out you kind of basically then have to find a group of people that find you acceptance otherwise it's going to be difficult to be very much uh, you know be a part of a contributing society and i was going to ask you later about the keshavsuri foundation but since you mentioned it can you just tell me i'm not aware at all about what you're doing in it or so i think this is a great time to just can you just plug ed- it in educate me a bit plug. educate me so about your foundation we started and, and this program last year uh, it was an idea of mine to basically bring this uh, particular program called it gets better mm-hmm. which was this uh, social media anti-bullying campaign that started in United States. Right. And the reason that it started was that there were a lot of teenage suicides for kids from the LGBTQ community who started killing who started committing suicide because they felt bullied. So um there was this sort of social media campaign uh, which became which was called it gets better where you had a lot of kids a lot of people from the lgbtq community talking about how you should hang in there and how life can get better and i was wondering uh, and it got a lot of steam you had president obama and you know all the celeb it became a very celebrity oriented right. uh, thing maybe a bit too much but i was like you know in india i wanted to a bring that program but b also be like where is the representation right how much can Kesh- one keshav suri keep talking or one avdeep singh johar keep talking or one ashok rao kavi keep talking um 
we need to have more people and this was a platform for me to basically bring stories alive right so when i got in touch with them uh for the it gets better program they said listen we don't work with corporates mm. you need to be a non for profit and right. so i was like if i start my own non for profit then i can't just be one social media campaign mm. right i have to go much more than that i have to be able to actually make a difference get into um beyond you know getting to funding get into basically you know work with other ngos work in this sphere in a much bigger way and therefore the keshav suri foundation was born with the motto to embrace empower and mainstream the lgbtq community and so it gets better india is a is of course then if everyone wants to go on to the social media please do and check uh, the it gets better india on youtube and on uh, instagram and you'll see a lot of stories of gay lesbian bisexual trans trans women trans men and allies so you have i have a few across, celebrity across the world or uh, for india it's right now just centered around india mm-hmm. it gets better is across the world okay. but i have celebrities like jim sarab mm-hmm. who given out shout outs and done videos uh, shabana azmi divya datta uh, swarabha uh, swarabhaskar um barkhadat fade souza so they basically uh have given out and given stories on how it can be better so it's it's not relegated to only lgbtq sure. so you can give a shout out sure. because you know it's also to do with allies sure um and so that continues whilst the foundation goes beyond that so what i've done is i started the scholarship in my school so that is done by the foundation for lgbtq students drag queen story hour my children's book uh, going into various schools to skill and to first educate and then skill and eventually when it becomes bigger and bigger to have a you know full fledged uh, sort of skilling center for mm-hmm. uh for especially the trans community because again remember that community within the lgbtq community has been just relegated to being either beggars or uh prostitutes right. or sex workers and so um when i started hiring a lot of people from my from that community from my com- i still call it my community because i pref- i like the whole lgbtq community is my community yeah sure so um So from from our community I started hiring people and of course I changed a lot of my own policies in my in my uh, company uh, where we had to have gender neutral toilets where we had to have gender neutral forms where we had to have recognition of the third sex where you had to see also when they go for their surgery um you know how uh, how companies should be able to give leaves what it costs to do a trans surgery mm-hmm. who are the good doctors to do the trans surgery so all of that i started documenting right now i have over 30 trans team members i've worked with over 100 drag queens i've worked with a lot of gender non binary people and become this sort of beacon of hope when it comes to the lalit and kidisu but i wanted to document all of that mm. and share that as advocacy or not or just ways for other companies if they're interested like the sop kind of thing exactly yeah. right and so if they're interested to hire people from the community they want to have diverse policies if they want to be able to make an impact here by giving jobs because mm. that's the biggest part of mainstreaming is to be able to work per se sure, right and sure. pay taxes um then the keshavri foundation helps you do that too uh and so yeah i mean there are a lot of pies that the gaches we for i hope that this sort of things you know so we've taken really three words of embracing empowering and mainstreaming and actually 
done initiatives in all those three words because those three words can become fluff very sure. easily you know that right i mean a lot of times we just spout words and uh, there's a, so no we've done actually initiatives that have that showed particularly how we've embraced our own community how we've empowered them especially when it comes to you know uh, scholarships and skilling and this and the other and how we made mainstream them by making them equal tax paying citizens Um, and, and you think homophobia is is common amongst the Indian corporate world? I mean, or actually, let me put it another way: in India, are we the most homophobic country in the world? Um, actually, no. I would say no. You know why? Because we, funny enough, there's maybe we. There's no death we, sentence here yet. We that. a we, there is no death sentence, of course. But I think we are also a culture that technically was not homophobic. The word, the whole homophobia came, and I truly believe this is from the British. right the british did you know when they came to india they did not understand india at all mm-hmm. okay they didn't understand where what how and how is this country functioning or how are these various kingdoms which were separate mm-hmm. kingdoms yes. functioning yes. they didn't understand why and what the trans community is they didn't understand why in scriptures there are trans gods and goddesses sure. why in scriptures there are certain very male gods that are cross dressing why in scriptures there are um bisexual uh gods and goddesses there are openly queer gods and goddesses and how why should this exist so actually a lot of the phobias came from there a lot of them not even a lot of when it came to our uh, the modern day society of us being uh very very patriarchal came from the understanding of what the british thought our society a was and should, should be. be so this law section 37 it's a british law mm-hmm. it exists in all british colonies in various means and forms mm-hmm. singapore kenya and uh, and 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 all of that because they they it was a victorian morality law basically how morals were considered in victorian times in uk was basically how it should be in the colonies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you think and we, we as a country became we inherited this one of those other things we yes. inherited one more issue yes. that we inherited yes. from the British. Yes, we're still stuck in a lot of this post-colonial hangover. Now what's happened is that we were taken out of the British clutches and we're going directly into the American way of life. Ultra liberal, is it? You think? No, not ultra liberal, but basically the American way of TV dinners, everything ah, on television, right. fast food. uh you know uh mcdonaldization of the world that's basically where we're headed to so now you know uh, addicted to phones addicted to uh internet addicted to being extreme either you are pro- very liberal or you're full of hatred mm-hmm. right so i think which i think is the american way of life i think in the meantime we've really forgotten what sort of peace loving people we were if we want why did we have the british rulers for so many sure. 100 300 years uh we forgotten that we created uh, where you're sitting in kirisu but you've got all of these sexual positions of kama sutra i have a hotel in khajurao mm-hmm. which overlooks the temples which depicts which are now you know 900 uh or, sorry 9000 years old 
uh, as compared to uh, you know the Cambodian uh, temples and uh, sure. is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, and there you've got depictions of sex. You've got a scientific reason as to why those depictions were there because at that time the people were becoming too uh, religious and sure. therefore were not having sex and they were only going to temples and therefore mm -hmm. the king decided to put this in the temple modern day pornography on the temple so that they would a come there see get visual stimulation have children so that they could have more men for the army and more women to uh, procreate and whatever you know but yet it's taboo. Sex is still taboo in our country. We can't talk about it. Which you came a lot from the British, it. by the way. It came from a lot of them from the British because at that time they couldn't talk about it and they don't, didn't want to talk about it. And they um, forced that, you know, uh, a, a lot upon us and a lot of, on, on what we were perceived to be. And sorry, excuse me, but now you've got this this sort of bipolar world that we're living in. Um, so I personally think that no, we're not that homophobic a country. When, when, even our school was a Catholic school. Remember yes, that it yes. was a Catholic school run by Irish uh, Catholic Extremely uh, conservative brothers. School. Exactly. Um, there were other kids in the same age group that were in schools like British school, that were in schools like Vasan Valley, that were in school like GD Goinka, for sure. example, right? Remember there was that yes, GD Goinka yes. school where everyone talked about how there's a McDonald's inside their campus. Air-conditioned school. And air-conditioned yes. school. So there were kids that were getting exposed simultaneously at the same time to things that we were not. And we didn't have any sex education. Uh, Whereas some of those why. kids did. Yeah. British school for sure did. The American school kids for sure did. You know, so, um, so you know, I think that it again comes boils down to where the school comes from and what the ideology came from. And I, I personally, Cyril and I have been to so many of these cities uh, before we even got married and we sure. walked so much on the roads. There was never a homophobic slur. In fact, I had a homophobic, we had a homophobic slur thrown at us in Paris. Wow. By, by 14 year old kids. Mm. I've never had a homophobic slur thrown at Cyril and me together. I had when I was a kid, yes, in school that was different, but sure. together as a couple, uh, people might have made snide comments or, you know, hushed up on the side, but I never had it directly thrown at me on my face in India, ever. That's good to hear. And in fact, we had that in Paris. We had that once together in London. We had that once in the United States. And where I'd imagine it, because it's much more open and, well, open yeah, in air in, in, I remember that there was this, uh, in the same trip in the United States, we had one person who yelled homophobic, Mauritius, by the way. Mm -hmm. Massive homophobic, where this woman yelled and screamed at us. It wasn't just homophobia, it was also xenophobia and it was also the fact that he was white and sure. maybe they were a French colony or she knew he was French and basically it was about smoking. So there was that in that. In the United States, we had this one incident. And then at the same time, the same trip, we had another incident where we were walking on the streets of Texas because our flight got diverted or whatever. Sorry, Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. We ended up in Phoenix, Arizona. And the girl just randomly came up and said, oh, I love watching both of you together. And you guys make me so happy. So it's very extreme. I mean, I asked, I asked that question because, you know, a couple of weeks ago something happened. Uh, it was really, you know, good weather and I, there's this popular Italian restaurant in Meheroli, which I'm not going to name, which is yeah. a nice outdoor place. So yeah, because let's wife, not get into the public shaming no, culture. No, no, no. This burn doing, her, expose her. No, not doing that at all. So, so uh, we just landed up without a reservation. You know, thought, who needs a reservation in yeah. Delhi? But apparently you do. So there was a big, there was a big queue. 
and uh, there was there was somebody was having a private party there, which is why it, and and these this this uh, clearly to me these two boys walked in they looked okay. like probably they were gay i was only okay. guessing or suspecting yeah. uh, that they were gay and um, which you need to stop no no i, I I'm, <laughs> I'm joking i'm joking i was not suspecting i just thought that you know probably a gay couple and uh they went we just it smiled and said oh it's so busy i said yeah, yeah. this simple light conversation they walked off straight into the party and then these two so called macho guys came from the inside mm. and and they were really giggling and mm. you know and and i they were they were talking to each other and he said oh Uh, there's a full homo party happening inside and mm-hmm. it just made me feel really uncomfortable because these two guys when they were walking well dressed guys looked like they were well educated they were mm-hmm. wearing uh you know probably expensive clothes mm-hmm. in a fancy place which obviously you know they had money mm-hmm. and then they said this comment to mm-hmm. each other that one guy said to the other and made yeah. me uncomfortable and I said that's so stupid why do these why are they looking and there was so much hatred in that comment you know i felt that you know these guys oh my god like they really were uncomfortable possible you know so a lot of possible. times you have to come that uh, a place of uh, so much of hatred comes from some extreme um uh, internal demons so maybe one of them yeah the guy was, who commented perhaps perhaps could uh, have been you know because he's fought it all his life and therefore been told that it was wrong see homophobia exists everywhere hmm. it exists everywhere it is exists in every layer of society as well um and it exists in every country um again i think that because maybe we've gotten too wayward and too fortunate now the words like homo hmm. right again like no homo no bro no homo. you see that on youtube you see that a lot coming from united states from americans all these hmm. youtubers hmm. no homo hashtag no homo what, was what trending what does that mean uh, that i'm not uh, i'm i'm a bromo or i'm not gay so basically means not not homo so basically because people now don't want to spell Sure. Right, they don't want, they, because that T is too yeah. irritating to type out. Yeah, you see, so just so it basically not homo becomes no homo because you know I guess like that's the we're living. But you know, I mean that exists everywhere. Is it existing more in the corporate culture in the in 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 India? Because you're as trying to create much, a huge change in the corporate world, and as that's much as it me. probably exists everywhere else, because all these other countries also, and this is again comes back to our own internal demons and what we look at, and are sure. we looking at you know glass half full or are we too cynical also? And uh, sometimes I find myself to be too cynical. But you know, a lot of these countries and a lot of these corporate cultures uh, talk about inclusion, they talk about diversity, yet they will have. 30 men and one woman and they say Absolutely. that my diversity quota and these are american companies british companies western world mm. developed world um whereas no here you know we we have made it a point where we have trans people in positions of decision making not just in entry level jobs so i think that you know um it it depends on you know i think it's as homophobic as it is outside can become a little more amplified over here because of the uh, the law and mm-hmm. the law just being read down because a lot of uh, corporate india uh, didn't know whether it was legal or not to and should didn't know whether they should openly you know and again see everything is a microcosm mm. it stems from the law it stems from uh, the fact that you know there were so many things like it, i had companies turn around and say that i can't hire people or i can't have a erg because it's not legal mm. but actually the truth was that the law said you had to be caught in the act 
Sure. Meaning that your privacy had to be invaded where somebody will have to put so a camera on you having law. sex hmm. and it also talked about sex beyond procreative sex so if you and your wife gave a blow job and got caught in the act then you your wife and you could be put behind bars for 377 didn't mean just anal sex so, didn't mean just uh, so but see you've obviously gone into a great level of detail and understanding the law yeah. getting the right lawyers getting yourself educated but most people would say this is illegal because you've read something or you've heard something and that's what and, you, that's uh, how you deal with phobia mm. phobic people is to educate them my personal thing is that don't just don't antagonize them immediately and say you are wrong shame this person shame because we are reaching that level of shame shame everyone drop this like a hot cake drop that company like a hot cake destroy this one destroy that one then there is no difference between us and these kids who are going into all of this you know um if we're trying to teach our kids to be inclusive and love and basically take every opinion matters then going into public shaming is not i felt that the way you deal with a lot of phobic people unless they are complete psychophants and they are completely non uh, open to anything is through education a lot of time their phobias came to education so coming to my own example um when i came out my parents immediately equated being gay with hiv mm-hmm. because at that time all we knew about being gay people sure. was hiv uh equated it to being promiscuous mm. you know equated it to being lonely mm. equated to not being having a partner equated to not having children mm-hmm. equated to what they were sort of surrounded with i won't call my parents homophobic sure. they want right but it was also the lack of awareness and education and i would say that if for example you have somebody saying oh homo prati this and the other in a nice way be like what do you mean by that and can we maybe discuss what actually is homo home you know or why do you have a problem with this and why do you have a problem yeah. with it it's legal now um and even if it was not legal what 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 is it bothering you are they trying to come to you mm. is somebody trying to molest you mm. is your manhood getting uh, subdued mm. or what what's the issue bro but in a nice way of course in a in a sort of uh, uh, lack of thing and sometimes like i said it's difficult to educate somebody but i think most of the time it's a lot of people's own biases and phobias and and their own lack of education and if let's say you can't go up to somebody at a party because you don't want to antagonize anybody and vice versa well that person now is living in a world so that's one of the reasons why did this it gets better india campaign was that mm-hmm. i populate so much of that information out there that you can't look left or right you have to see it sure right so you see so many gay people you see so many lesbian people you see so much of representation now you have a lesbian um uh, athlete dati chand Mm-hmm, who's mm-hmm. come out uh, you know f- uh, she's from odisha non privileged at all and w- was going to was almost selected for the olympics um you know you you soon will have actors and actresses and trans people on the screen and uh, vice versa uh, maybe even politicians so you know i think this is something that you know i guess on the flip side america did very well with glad mm-hmm. and with ellen degeneres and with we need now heroes and we need uh, heroines and we need people basically think so that these no homos they have no choice but to look 
And enough, I mean, politicians have uh, said so silly statements and perhaps politicians and certain people who believe that they teach yoga and stuff like that, that we can cure, homof uh, not homophobia, sorry, but we can cure being gay. Yeah, so you know your son is gay, we can cure him. I'm not because going to name names. They think it's a disease. Yeah, so I'm not going so, to name names, but you know, there was a, a former health minister of this, uh, of our country way back when and talked about how, um, uh, you know, being gay is equated to again having HIV. Mm. That former health minister came for the wedding reception that my mother did for my uh, husband and me in Delhi. And, and sat, he... sat front and centre and gave us his and his family's blessing. So either somebody's educated him or I don't know All what I'm, it is. Exactly. Mm. But you know, there was that. So, um, it's funny. But it happened. But there's still this kind so of thing that you know, can be cured. More marriages it's, it's need a, to it's happen. A, it's, a, it's a problem that can be cured. Like you mm. know, you have uh, it's a disease, and there's yes. some people with that mindset. And unfortunately, they are the ones with the disease in the their head. The problem is so, that what we need to change the narrative and say that homophobia is a disease. Absolutely. That's why absolutely. I celebrate yeah. days like you know International Day of Homophobia uh, against uh, uh, phobia. So basically, it's it's called Idahoat, and basically, mm -hmm. it's International Day of Homophobia, Transphobia, Biphobia, and uh, you know where we basically, it's a day against, of course. By the way, it's International Day against, but we basically celebrate that to recognize that these phobias are phobias, are diseases, mm -hmm. and therefore there is a cure for that, uh, which is basically pure love, is what I say our campaign, basically sure. our Lalit campaign. But more so, it's just basically educating yourself. See, after again, like I said, a lot of people are such victims of their circumstances. Even in India, until 2018, the Indian Psychiatric Society used to recognize homosexuality, transgender as being a mental disease. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. It you was in officially? This, officially, it was in this hotel when they did a conference where I got them together that they announced that it's not a disease. This was just before the judgment came out. That wow. happened in 2018. So it was considered to be, uh, you know, somebody would be diagnosed where So of course, if these politicians have not educated themselves and of course they're hanging out with these things, there are doctors that were lists that they can cure hom uh, homosexuality back in the 70s and 80s when shock therapy was legal they were giving shock therapy to, to, uh, cure, to cure someone yes. being... Prince Manvinder, who you also should interview, mm. he got shock therapy from his, uh, uh, from his parents. Uh, his parents, he was the first ever royal royalty person to come out. He went on Oprah, he went on uh, right, Ellen right, also, right, and right. he went on to uh, even the Kardashians uh, from uh, Gujarat. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was forced into a marriage uh, and he was given shock therapy, electroshock therapy. My God. So, you know, um, that needs to, again, if those changes, now those changes have happened, and now at least where the law, the doctors cannot, you know, put you... Officially. Yeah, and therefore, then you can finally say that, well, you know what, the phobia has other diseases, and that's what now the doctors are being trained on to actually tackle with. Um, but yeah. You know, there are conversion camps in the United States that still exist in many states where there's supposedly gay conversion camps where they will convert you and they pray the gay away in this. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. It's like exercising. They think they'll exercise a demon or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
that I exists think. and i think we need to really uh, make sure that that becomes illegal and i know that there are a lot of activists in the united states that are making sure that conversion so in some states they have passed law where conversion camps are made illegal and you know that sort of thing needs to happen here too because i remember when this happened and there were still you know adverts on things like practo and this and mm. the other where doctors were still saying that oh we can cure homosexuality then people were using the power of social media and saying can you please change this mm. can, and mm. practo took that decision and then started doing a lot That's of things nice. and came up with a big statement on um things zomato did the same also there was some issues with zomato mm-hmm. and their their inclusion yep. they also turned the narrative around So I think that needs to also change, let's say, from our uh, legal perspective. So I think, I think I that's what be the next steps of fight would be having anti-discriminatory law. So not people can't, can't get fired. Mm. You know, mm. people can't uh, because what happens right now is that housing is a big issue. Sure. Right for a gay couple, in any case, single men most yes. landlords say no to. Yes. Imagine two men, mm. and there are also two men that are a couple. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, trans people's housing. you know it's so many instances where people have been kicked out of homes have been kicked out by their landlords and now they got tv shows like made in made heaven, heaven i was just thinking of that that was brought i up, was thinking of that you yes know? and that has existed and still exists so i think what needs to be done and these are lower hanging fruits is that you know people can't be kicked out of homes people can't be kicked out of jobs people's um, progression cannot be hampered because they they um, belong to a, a particular sexuality um i think that needs to happen therefore that also will then educate a lot of the people and the politicians because at least the law will turn around and say that hello you can't make statements sure. like uh can be cured and it's a disease and so on on this when i was doing more research i was trying to come you know look for statistics especially in like mental health and the lgbtq community and yeah. i came across a lot of data but nothing in india unfortunately because yeah. i guess it's it's still uh being controlled to some extent but un- but this gives a good picture there's something called uh, the national alliance on mental health yes and they did a survey uh, uh you know the US department of health basically yeah. did a survey and this is all US data and it was really disturbing to me that uh, you know lgb adults are more than twice as likely then heterosexual adults to experience mental health conditions absolutely much higher risk of suicide uh, attempts suicidal thoughts five times it's likely to commit suicide absolutely uh, you know this just goes on and on i've got many points i don't want to go through all of them but that's this is really disturbing that's this where this it gets better india program came from mm-hmm. it was because it was it reached to point where they had to nationally talk about it there was another project called the trevor project mm-hmm. which you must talk about again came from united states you must read up about uh because there was a kid Trevor who again because of bullying because of his sexuality right, right, killed right. himself yes yes and uh, you know so that is is true that is true and that it goes on into adulthood because of all the guilt and the, if you want data from india then i would suggest go on to um ngos like hamsafar trust sure uh they have done a lot of research on this hiv alliance india has done a lot of uh, mm-hmm. research on this uh, nas foundation a lot of the ngos have actually spent a lot of their time in funding in getting research done but it's difficult to and uh, and I, i mental health is already a big issue in india where there're sure. not enough people talking about it and there're not enough people even working on it but then that gets amplified when you're in a minority and more so when you're in a minority that is not legal 
and therefore it becomes uh, much bigger now so gay men not only go through battling their and i'm just talking about me- gay men here right now battling their manhood being questioned but also body imaging and not like grinder and tinder helps mm-hmm. right and not like these where now now there is an image oh you're a gay man you have to have muscles mm. and a six pack and a huge dick and you know a nice ass and if you don't have that uh you know you, you know the, even on grinder you will see that no fats no femmes no asians yeah mm-hmm. these are these these are grinder profiles of gay men wow uh then you have the lesbian community which is already suffering enough because a they're born a woman in this country which is clearly a wrong gender to be born sure. in uh then on top of that to deal to again fight their femininity uh and to basically f- uh, fight say that oh i am a woman and therefore but i can dress like a boy or i can have feelings for another woman then to deal with corrective rape because that is huge in the yes, lesbian community yes. then to also deal in with honor killing then to uh, deal with eve teasing then to deal with uh being fantasized and sexually now the same boys were talking about two boys right mm-hmm. if they would have seen a lesbian couple they'd be like oh they're not really lesbian it'll be a nice porn video right mm-hmm. let's go i'll i'm a straight man i'll get two lesbians to become straight right and in their head basically a lesbian couple is uh, you know on you porn or sure. on x videos so there's that to deal with now imagine all of those issues in your head right then being trans now there is a there are various levels and stages of being trans one is of course the intersex community which is basically people who are born with a, the equal amount of x and y chromosomes and therefore they don't match so basically they are born with certain organs that uh, and 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 end up having certain things that uh, mimic both the genders sure um and so that is not understood right physically and mentally is not understood so imagine what they have to go through then on top of that it's being born in the wrong body which is another level of being trans now imagine going to through that transitioning uh first being accepting that you know you're born in the wrong body then being able to understand that there can be a situation where you ha- can change your sex going through that physical transformation which you know is not appealing to the mm. eye going through that painful surgeries you know for women who become men removing their boobs for uh uh men who become women then you know creating a uh, a a genitalia um it's not easy imagine the what they must be going through right the 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 mental and physical trauma of you know even if you just look at the mental trauma alone can Um, and that's one of the reasons why counseling is so important that's why we also have a counselor on board with Keshasuri Foundation and right. it gets better who's from the community and also have a plethora of known other counselors who can deal with trans issues because a trans man has different issues than a trans woman sure then then having that added thing that oh i'm a trans man therefore my trans community might not the lesbian community is not going to accept me okay because i am now a man hmm. feminists are not going to accept me because i've broken the whole thing of feminism because i've transitioned to a man gay men are not going to accept me because i don't have the 20 inch dick that they hmm. want or the you know the thing so then imagine that imagine not being able to fit in within your own community and having that as your mental stress and these are the voices in my head which i you know this is why it's called voices in my head because it's the voices in our heads yeah. that are driving us crazy yeah. and it's 
half the time they are in our heads there's no uh, real there's no one really persecuting you but exactly. it's your own brain persecuting you and it's so it's funny because i've noticed and i've seen so many of these celebrities and lgbtq celebrities coming out of this tv show rupaul's drag race who are actually with trans men they're gay men with trans men right and so you know those things where a trans man thinks that oh i'm not going to be accepted with the gay man but actually no they are mm, and mm. Uh, there are you know c- uh, couples that are uh, trans men who are men now and uh, uh, gay men who are with the trans men but if you go back into psychologically well then it's a straight couple because bo- one was born biologically woman so you know again that's in your head because actually they're not they are two gay men because once you transition you have left your last gender you are now who you always were born to be mm-hmm. but definitely didn't end up being in the right body when you were born but they're gay men but from outside perspective a lot of people will not understand that that's why it's education representation is so important and i think thanks to people like you it's 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 happening here at least in our country now and you're propagating it in a big way so thank you for that hopefully and congratulations <laughs> and i mean i could talk to you forever but you know I keeping know. keeping time in mind and before i ask my last <laughs> uh, or discuss the last thing with you i want you to just tell people where can they find you your foundation oh. your your own social media uh, yeah. handles how do they get in touch with you how do they follow you so i my, my i'm on instagram and twitter Mm-hmm. Uh, personal accounts also, so it's uh, yeah, I think share, uh, um, in on Instagram it's Suri underscore Keshav and on Twitter it's Keshav underscore Suri. There's one more on Instagram, but I won't mention that one. No, don't. Yeah. <laughs> but that's private. That's private. a secret one. We'll keep but, that secret. Uh, but you know, and and uh, so that's you and the foundation. So that's just me, but there is the foundation. There is the Keshav Suri Foundation. We are on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, our handle is uh, I, I think at the rate KSF mm-hmm. uh, dot in. Uh, there is the It Gets Better India program, uh, which is also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, which is I think at the rate It Gets Better India. Uh, there is uh, our Lalit, of course. You can follow the Lalit everywhere, which is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Kirisu, where we also post. We repost a lot of what we do with the foundation and our pure love campaigns. uh so yeah find us on uh, youtube find us on thing we just had a campaign go viral in uh for london where i had mm-hmm. a drag artist violet chachki she did a video for us for london mm-hmm. and it just shows how she transforms from a beautiful woman to a beautiful man right and what the uh and how the hotel is in the background but it's at the center of everything and it's like a mainstream campaign sure uh and that's had over a million views wow uh you know including facebook and mm. instagram so so go see that and follow a lot of those sort of stories uh, that we've got fantastic so last thing i want to talk to you about is how do you deal with the because it's not always positive and good even then you you've come such a long way but when the voices in your head are kind of pulling you back yeah. on those rare days how, what do you tell yourself how do you deal with that and what keeps you going so i this is this is a full fledged conversation that we can have on but let's let's, let's talk <laughs> but for me i i think i try to keep myself as busy as possible uh because those voices in my head need to shut up and uh, the more i keep myself 
and I'm such it's a dichotomy because I love vegetating I'm exceedingly lazy I would sit in front of a couch and be a couch potato and just watch TV uh, and and you know I would love to do that but at the same time when I do that I know that there is a huge amount of voices in my head that 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 want to get out and um, and so I think keeping myself busy at work and keeping myself busy in projects mm-hmm. is very important. I also think that um, if you are in a position of philanthropy, do it for selfish reasons. It really a makes you at the same time realize that your problems are just this much as compared to the other the world's problems i mean when i started working with acid attack survivors and when i started working with differently able people and when i started having you know when i heard the story of dj amish who's now uh, our resident dj at oh, kilisu wow. right. uh, you know how he was just a stupid little kid who went to manali was smoking joints his friend was driving and next thing you know he's on a wheelchair because they've had a car accident mm-hmm. you know and then he wants how he wanted to always be a dj and he used to come to kirisu when he didn't have the accident and then came post that and how did his perspective change now he's at kirisu how sonia's life basically on how she was born intersex and became a sex worker at the age of 12 and then continued to do so and at 18 her lover threw acid on her gang raped her and threw acid on her because she said no to him and so you, and how the cops didn't arrest the guy because how can a sex worker say no this makes you realize how small you are right wow on the flip side of course it should not make it look like as if you have a savior complex because the white male savior or the rich you know uh savior no that should not be the case but what it should do for you or what it did for me was that it just made me realize that listen i am a speck a speck in the large microcosm things of world and i keep complaining and complaining and i can say this is not right and oh i'm you know poor little rich boy poor little bitch boy oh my family my this my politics and you know the yeah yeah when you meet somebody like sonia when you meet somebody like varun when you meet somebody like uh, mohul who's a trans man who basically uh, whose mother pa- uh, left them when they were young father passed away had to take care of their little kid and deal with his own uh, um his brother his younger brother brought him up and had to deal with his own transition mm-hmm. yeah you know you realize uh, that uh, this sort of you know keeps me going it keeps me going because the stories of human tenacity and courage and also seeing some of my drag artists yes drag may look fun and it may be decent but all those kids that perform on this stage they've all been through hell and back sure. you know couple of them are not even out to their families mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two of them are in are lawyers one uh, you know it w- was abused continuously as a child uh, you know so um this sort of uh, they, they they there is they might put on these wigs and makeup and you know hair and come up with this sort of uh, fabulous character but it's a lot of hurt there so you know i i think this has kept me at least some of my voices at bay does it help all the time no i'm going through my own slumps you know uh, last year i got married i had this wedding receptions and i had all of this and there was the 377 and this year it's been a relatively tough year because 
my grandmother passed away and there were a whole bunch of other things that have happened uh that the economy is shit the sure, <laughs> you know sure and and so it it has been a little difficult year for my own self in a way for me to uh you know keep myself busy or myself activated but a lot of times i'm just like hey ho you know stop complaining get out of your fat ass do something about it because you are in a position to do something about it i find it very lazy of people in positions like mine and not do anything about it yet sit over there and complain about it sure right so when cyril had that conversation with me saying that oh you're complaining about lgbtq rights what have you done it have you signed any petition i signed the petition because he was right so more power to you more yeah. power to your causes thank you for doing what you are doing and being and a cult leader and tomorrow a, who knows being, there might be your a cult leader uh, and, 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 and i will i will i will vote <laughs> i will vote for you when you uh, when you run for office in this country watch this tv uh, show called politician on netflix politician. i think you'll love it okay and we'll, you might see a lot of resemblances between will uh, will do people and, in our school and yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, will do and how it was in school and, and how it and, is right and now. thank you again for talking to me and allowing me to get into your head uh well, so we can do so, this for and whenever you so want so we'll do this we'll do this again for sure with with keshav suri uh you're watching listening to voices in my head <laughs> and thank you keshav suri for being here and we'll 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 catch you next time